Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, this is Kyle. I'm surprisingly good at spatial reasoning. I'm Nick, and uh, I didn't plan on watching the NBA anyway. And I'm Brent, and I'm I'm off. I am off, baby. Nice. Well, this is episode seven of If I May. Let's go. So I'm packing, and I like I am good at packing, but I, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of packing. I don't Is think anyone really, the biggest fan of packing? That's true. I don't think anybody really likes packing. Now, so, for moving, are, is this going to be a a one and done? Uh, you're moving a fair distance, so I'm assuming you can't really do a whole lot of back and forths. Are you having to store <laughs> items at a different location? What's what's the strategy here? Nope, we're only there, there's no backing, only forthing. So we're loading up everything into a, like a 15 foot U-Haul, everything hopefully. And then uh, and going, so uh, yeah, we're we started loading a little bit. Going what? How long are we going to? It is a sixteen-hour drive to uh, Colorado from where we're at in lowly Wapaka, Wisconsin. But uh, yeah, I got my parents. They're gonna come over tomorrow to assist in packing, and then uh, we're heading out. Thursday, sometime probably in the early afternoon, late afternoon. My dad wants to get out right away. He's like, or I was, I ate lunch with my mom today, and she's like, Dad just wants to get to Colorado and hang out in Colorado because they went there for their honeymoon and they loved it. And so, I think my parents just want to get to Colorado and. Have Kyle, a good if, time. if I may, if if I may, you didn't have to move to Colorado. You can certainly just vacation <laughs> Colorado. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> A little bit, you know, extensive for just wanting to get high every once in a while. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, then you can get high more often. You're not just limited to your vacation. Maybe, the, maybe I mean, it's limiting your climbing vacation. those mountains takes a while. Nick, climbing a mountain takes a while. If That's true. I'm get definitely. Up that high, you so, have to like commit a day to it. I'm definitely. There's some mountains there. They're called the 14ers. There's like 30 some or something like that. They're all over 14,000 feet. My, if my I may, let's say, wouldn't it make more sense if there were 14 mountains? Right, but feet makes more sense. Yeah, I was really confused by the t-shirts because they had t-shirts in the store. They're like 14ers. I'm like, that's w-. and then they had like a bunch of mountain peak, like a graphic, and they had all the names of all the different peaks. I'm like, that's way more than 14. Like, I don't get it. So, but those are all the mountain peaks that are over 14,000 feet, which is apparently some surprising, like a good amount. Like, what what about the 15ers? A good amount. Them? That's a no, no, no. 14 is you. You have to go. Four o'clock in the morning. I mean, you have to get there by five or earlier, and it's an entire day adventure. They're they're legit. Fourteen thousand is a very far, very far hike. I know. Like even when we were there, there's people walking. There's a couple guys walking around with like the weight vests on in order to like train their bodies for climbing up the mountains. It's like, dang. But I'm wondering for the t-shirts, what if they made it 15ers? Does that limit it down to like four names? And they're like, oh, that's not impressive for a t-shirt. We need to go 14ers and include way more of these mountains. I'm guessing it's I mean, a I... culture thing. Like the locals refer to it that way. Most oh, people have a good making a t-shirt, but that's a good thought. Yeah. Well, yeah. So my goal is going to be probably not this summer because I'll just be moving there. But by like next summer, I want to climb one. Apparently there's there's one that you can just drive to the top of. So yeah, we can drive like halfway and hike the other seven. Well, so that's yeah, that's like, my kind of hike. Drive well, it's like, up. At it. what point is it like you're climbing it versus driving up it? Because like, you know, we're already starting at an elevation of like over a mile high, so it's like, oh, I'm already cheating. So <laughs> I don't, I don't like what is considered the base. There's got to be a couple out there that are like not designed, but like 
part of a national forest or something where, you know, this mountain's meant to be climbed by people that are just having a good time. So I'll do some research and I'll figure that out. But goal is by the end of next summer to have climbed one. I mean, the thing is, good it's goal. impressive. It's impressive even driving up there just because of how high it is and how much of a, like a trip it is. So right. I'm definitely going to... I mean, have... it's... Sorry, go ahead. It's impressive. No, it's impressive. Um, I've been looking at the list, Kyle, um, and Wikipedia has listed, uh, let's see, 53, 14,000 high mountains in Colorado. There's a lot. And I don't know if any of them are 15. I don't I don't know if they even have a 15,000. Because right? they're all like, like if you search up 15, 14, is that 000. just like the magical cutoff where nothing exists above that? That might be Alaska, honestly, or a bigger mountain range. Because I don't I don't think they even get that high. The biggest I'm seeing is like fourteen four. Maybe that's a better search, like highest mountain in Colorado. That might be I'm, a good one. That could be the way to I'll do it. Oh, we'll climb that one, because that's gotta be a popular one to climb if it's the tallest one in the state. Well, it's it's ridiculous. Well, it's an extra five hundred feet, right? Yeah, be careful up there too, because there's. I mean, once you get up to altitude, it can mess you up. That's what I'm saying by like next. That's what I'm saying next summer, because they'll have basically a full year of getting acclimated and trying to get better in shape and you know that kind of stuff. And you have to be able to hike it too. I'm sure some of them, like I know Rainier over here, there's parts where the only way you can get up to the top is if you climb it. And if you're not a good climber, or people think they're a good climber, like people die regularly, like at least maybe one a year or two a year just because they climb and they're not prepared or something happens. I mean, once you go up high in those, those mountains, they, it's, it's the wild. Well, it's, it's like, Mount, it's like Mount Everest. Apparently most people die on the way down because they get up to the top. And so basically once you get up above a certain elevation, your body's slowly killing itself because of the lack of oxygen. So it's literally like a race to get up to the top, you know, touch the top or whatever, and then get yourself back down. So, yeah, apparently most people that die on Everest are on the way down. It's like, well, at least you got to the top, right? So you're so you're uh, switching it up a bit. You're driving a U-Haul. Is it um not too big of one, or or is it's it a fifteen footer? So size? it's fairly large, but I was able to sneak it in like one and a third parking stalls out here in front of uh, my apartment. So not not not. not invading in anybody else's area for sure except for the little bit of the sidewalk coming out of our apartment but yeah it's 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 not as big as i thought it was going to be but it's it's definitely big it's got a nice little spot so above the uh, cabin for for like bins and stuff like that's a oh, mapping that's nice. spot right there <laughs> I don't think not while legal. you're driving though probably not, not while you're driving so so one thing to do and a tip that I have from our move is make sure you balance it right. We ended up putting, I think, all of our furniture on one side, which looking back at it, when you're driving behind U-Haul, and it looks like it's tilted in one way. Like, it's because it, it is tilted. doesn't feel good. It is definitely <laughs> tilted. And when you're going up in those mountains and stuff, it can be kind of scary. Like when you were driving the U-Haul itself, it felt fine. Like you were just like, oh, it's we're going to be fine. But you're looking behind and you have this thing shaking and – Definitely le- like leaning over the edge, kind of. And you're just like, oh, yeah, pack it. It's all yeah. about yep, yep. Head. balance. There's also, we're also going to be some, I mean, now that I saw some, okay, semi luckily, we're going to be able to pull my car behind the U haul. However, the uh, towing thingy for the car behind the U haul says all over the damn thing speed limit of 50, like 55 mile an hour's max. 
Oh, that's going to be long. Yeah, that's... that might be rough. You might want to drive that. Well, is, Juli- or is Juliana no, driving no, your car? No, I'm not driving my car. Like, if, like, because right now the plan is my my two parents and myself will jump in the U-Haul with my car behind it, drive, start going Thursday, early afternoon. Juliana's going to head down to her dad, pick her dad up in her vehicle. That way she has her dad time and then drive to catch up with us, which now that we're only limited to 55 miles an hour and Juliana drives the way she does, that should be very easy for her to catch up to us with. Take that time. What? So everybody's coming out with you. That's that's you know that's dedication from your family. I right? give you props. Yeah, it's easier to move out when you have people helping you though. That, oh, definitely. That'll make a difference. So today and then tomorrow morning, we're trying to box up as much stuff as possible. Although today we're definitely going to go see The Incredibles too because it's Tuesdays like the cheap seats at the theater near us. So heck yeah, right. And gotta see. I gotta so Juliana's watching that right, like the original first Incredibles right now. So she hasn't seen it. No, no, she's seen it before. She's just pre-watching it, you know, getting ready to go. Okay, okay, yep, that's yeah. good. Oh, I've seen it. We've seen it multiple times. Great movie. Yeah, it's classic. So, yeah, just packing up, having a good time there. All right, do awesome. we want to jump in What's with, with uh, yeah, 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 my life update? Uh, the fiance is in Iceland, and I am holding down the fort here. It is uh, Ghost and I uh, dealing with regular may, shellings. Ghost. Who's Ghost? Ghost is my Shiba Inu dog. I don't know that I've talked about Ghost on the podcast. Thank you. Uh, I have a white I have a white Shiba Inu named Ghost, uh, and unfortunately, she's a bit gun shy. So uh, when I say holding down the fort, we are we are taking fire throughout the night. <laughs> um, and I, I feel like I'm getting old because I'm now the grumpy old man who's like, who's out there blasting fireworks off after 10 o'clock? What is this? Um, so that's a, uh, a, a new, <laughs> a new, new experience for me, but, um, everything's going well. Um, as far as I know with, with Megan, she's having a, a good time with her friends doing all kinds of hiking. I guess there are just a ton of waterfalls and, uh, fairly regular Wi-Fi access because I've been able to get messages from her um, like three of the four nights. So um, oh. that's been nice. Um, other than that, I, I guess the 4th of July is is coming up here shortly. And uh, yes, ha- hashtag America, hashtag uh, back-to-back World War Champs, um, all, all the other fun shirts and slayings, <laughs> sayings that, that come out uh, for the 4th. Uh, that is that is my favorite Fourth of July shirt, the uh, American flag World that just says "Yeah, back to back World War Champs," which um, you know kind of jokingly looks at something that's way more serious. But when you're in the America mood, I mean, why not just go for it? Oh, but oh well, oh, so that'll there, be fun. If I may, that reminds me. I think Brent, you had a T-shirt because you're in cross country. You had the, like my sports, my sport is your sports punishment. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was good. Really. That's true, though. It's so true. Runners think they're so cool. Runners are so cool. That's yeah, just I am one now, unfortunately. Or like yeah, I have good, a hard time. Yeah. I'm not a good I runner, but I'm a runner. I ask him, like, oh, you're in high Like, if I see a high school, I'm like, oh, do you do track or cross country? And then it always just goes into me talking about it. And I, I don't think a high school ever asks to talk to somebody about cross country or track, but that's what I do. That's me. I'm just like, oh. I coached nice. one year. Like, let's talk about it. 
what's your PR? And then they're like, oh, I'm slow. And it's like, (laughs) what's your PR? I don't want to talk to you anymore. Like, I don't, I don't care. Oh, you ran a 22 minute 5k. Like, nah, okay. Next. Let's find someone else to talk to. Ouch. Yeah, I know. I'm elite, man. Only elites. Well, you did have us in like, what's third, second place. place overall, fifth place. I forget. Yeah, you had us in it fifth place good. overall for the relay marathon, and then I you felt gave. Bad. Me the I should have been. I should be able to beat that. Guy. I should have been fourth, honestly. You I should be ashamed. I spent my entire leg of the relay getting past because you had us in fifth place overall. Thanks for that. You would have been able to give Nick there. one extra person to pass him. <laughs> there would have been no one else to pass. There, it was, it was too good up there. Um. No, I don't know. So I was listening to the, to the radio today, and it, they brought up a statistic that um, it was like 47% of people in America are extremely proud to be um, like of America right now. Wait, and it was the first 40-some? time. It was like 47%, I think, I like were proud. Well, um, yeah, supposedly. I was to say that's high. The first year that's been under 50% of people that think that America – isn't like they're not extremely proud to be of America right now. And I'm saying like the country in the world. But yeah, yeah. But like we like the political environment, the political environment does not have a lot of people thinking that right now, which I thought was really interesting, honestly. And that even if, you know, things aren't going politically the way you think that all of a sudden it's like, it's not just the politics. It's like America itself isn't as great. And that it's actually like, all this negativity that has been coming is actually reflecting in how people view America. Like, you know, it's the first year that it's not under 50% of people. Like, it's, it's under 50%. And that's, that's strange to me. It's like, so yeah, I, I understand kind of- that there's things that aren't great going on in America, but I'm, like, I'm still, like, really proud of America in, in ways because we're we're here and, you know, all the great things that we have done. And Should I, if I may, should I take a couple seconds to get up on my soapbox? Yeah. Yes. Five seconds. So, yeah, five yeah. seconds. That's. <laughs> I will give you thirty. So if if I may, gentlemen, America today has no idea how. If good I may, it has I think it. that's good. Moving on. No, kidding. it's Sorry. true. It's Go you're continue. absolutely right. Continue, Nick. I, I agree with this. Well, I mean, you have to think about a survey question. What 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 was the question? Can you remind us again? I think it was or, like, roughly, are you extremely proud of America? Are you proud of oh, America? That, that's, see, that's a different question. Are you proud of America or proud to be an American? I think that's two I, different. I can't remember if it was if you're proud of America or proud to be in America, but either way, it was under fifty percent. I, I would say. Passing. I would say, regardless, um, so many people look look at the history of of America and the world through through rose colored you know glasses. They they sit there and they look at the past and they they cherry pick the ideal moments or, or they cherry pick the absolute worst moments. And there's, there's never any in between you, you look at the uh, political parties and the first time someone does something that's um, extreme is the wrong word, but I'll use it where, where Trump has his border policies and he's enforcing them differently than uh, more strictly than, than anyone prior um, immediately. This is Hitler. This is Hitler. This is the Nazis. This is Hitler. Okay. Well, that same, that same comparison has been made for for so many presidents. I mean, whatever it may be, 
everyone always jumps to the most extreme thing and says, this is exactly like Hitler. This is, this is Nazi, Nazi policies in America. They, you, they jump straight to it. And it's just like, okay, calm down. Um, yes, Hitler and, and what the Nazis did, um, horrible stuff, bad stuff, never wanted to be repeated. But look, look at what, it, look at what you're talking about in reality. Now, I, I don't want to dive into the details of, of the immigration and, um, you know, what was or wasn't happening there or, or what is happening, because I'm not informed enough to have a, an educated conversation. I'll be the first one to say that. Uh, what I will say is wherever the truth t truly is, whatever, whatever the truth truly is, the media is going to skew it. Whichever way is going to sell the most the most newspapers get the most clicks, the most views. Um, a, a, a journalist's wet dream is a picture of somebody walking away with someone else's child while it cries or the mother's on her knees, um, you know, sobbing. And, and it maybe maybe that picture, I mean, it, this is me not, for the record, I'm not saying this is what any of these pictures were, but just for the, the sake of perspective, maybe that picture was of a, an individual taking the child to be vaccinated so that it could stay in the country or, you know, something really stupid like that. But someone takes the right picture at the right moment and it's sensationalized. It's blown up. Um, it's all about context. So, so rarely are, are all the facts available. And, and, and there's blame to be put on both sides. You know, both political parties want to use it. The news outlets want to sell and extremists who are on either side want to be the first ones to just look at something without fact checking and just throw it in everyone else's face. And it's like, when you actually get down to the content, you're like, okay, well, what's what's really happening here? And I, I, I kind of pride myself on always having a skeptical mind with respect to, okay, they're saying this is what's happening. Let's wait a minute. Let's see what else comes out over the next week and, and, and you know try to understand, well, is this what's actually happening? Uh, what is this... You know, what are the facts around this specific case? What are the facts in, in other cases like this? Is this an outlier? Is this every other one? I mean, there's there's not enough questions being asked. And and it's it's all about who can get the right picture, who can sensationalize it, who can blow it up, who can. Yeah, and it's, I quote, it's always going to be about the money, like no matter who what. Who can break with, with a picture? Uh, okay. um, well, I think, it, too. I think it's just there's not enough questions, not enough skepticism. If I may, um, I think you're you're right in that there's not a lot of people asking questions. And I think one thing that gets lost in all the the chaos and he said she said is that there's actually probably more than one correct answer. It's not like a a black and a white sort of way. I mean, there's definitely things in this world that are black and white. But in terms of what is the best way to run a country, there's definitely more than one way that could possibly be going. And I think what happens is one side is like, we have to do it this way. And other side is like, we have to do it this way. And you know, honestly, if we... And then you get an iron curtain could in a cold war. Right. But like, it could both be... Both, either option could be right. And I think what's happening is you kind of get like a muddle of something in between of like, we're sort of doing some of this and we're doing some of that and they're just not... You know, it doesn't necessarily compute. Does that make sense? Or... You know, I, I it it's just one of those things where I think that like... You know, maybe giving states more power is the right way to do it, or maybe federal power is the way to do it, or you know, well, that's the you know, who knows? Maybe depending on the situation. Yeah, it's 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 trying to turn it. It's either left or right, and it's like, well, 
maybe something in the middle is the right way or maybe left is right and we all just have no clue what we're doing or maybe right is right and the left have no you know but it's like or maybe they're both right and it's just i've always believed the true answer is is always somewhere in the middle personally you know it's somewhere in the middle it's never all left it's never all right it's never it's it's always got to be somewhere in the middle now you can lean one way or the other but if i can circle back to the you know is america great or or am i proud to be an american america's history is is not pretty i mean we came to the to the country and wiped out the native americans um you know we're huge uh, proponents of the slave trade and everything that went on with that had a civil war which actually wasn't about slavery for the so record actually hold but, on real quick the whole like slavery thing I, like yes, slavery is obviously not ideal, but I, apparently I, I learned this recently. A lot of the uh, uh, slaves in Africa were just like gathered up by locals and sold. Like it wasn't like white guys coming oh, yeah. in there and grabbing that's, people. That's common knowledge. It was literally like people, locals grabbing other locals and being like, "Hey, yeah, these people are take these ones." Rival rival tribes or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's not. I mean. That doesn't wash our hands of any involvement, of course. But um, you know, there's, it's more than just us involved. And there was the whole triangle, I believe, if I remember from history class correctly. But you know, even even those those history classes, even the most attempted, you know, accurate statements and documents, nowhere near, I, I realize, come come close to the truth uh, of how brutal it was, how many people died. The, the abuse that took place, everything with that, uh, um, it, it you know was supposed to be cleaned up after after the Civil War. Uh, that obviously didn't happen. Uh, well into the '90s, you still had you know civil rights movements and everything that went with that. Uh, women were you know certainly not treated any better. America on. does America, yeah, and it's, still it's it's still not you know fixed by any means. Um, but the the old adage, oh, these streets are paved paved with gold, and um, you know you can go to California during the gold rush, and you can you you can make money. Opportunity around every corner. To be fair, America's there was opportunity been, in the gold rush. Sold. The the opportunity in the gold rush was people selling stuff to the people trying to mine for gold. And oh, I, yeah. I forgot where the the streets of gold thing came from. I, like uh, I I remember learning it at one point, but it's kind of interesting how like that was brought up. I'm I'm going to do a a mini Google search here quick. <laughs> Point, Sorry, point not throw out like a, American, a FIMA fact out. No, I don't. I don't know it. Just like, make something honestly, out right there. Just, uh, yeah. just throw the, out the reason random. that California had the streets of gold is because there was only this one street that was made of gold, and everybody would take their pictures on it. So no, everybody... it's the Golden Gate Bridge. Obviously, they had the well, Golden the, Gate the street Bridge went over the Golden Gate Bridge. Obviously. Oh yeah. Okay. Circling back to the point here was Wall Street. Boy, circling back to the point here, uh, America has always been advertised as as something amazing and fantastic. And certainly, there are aspects that that are amazing, and it is a great country, and it's done and it's accomplished a lot of great things. But it's it's never been truly clean. I, I don't think the history of mankind has been clean. I and if I'm being frank, I don't think the future of of mankind will ever be that that clean um it's it's nice and idealistic and and maybe i'm a too much of a cynic to you know look at for a future that's perfect where everyone's always happy but um people are people are never happy they're, they're never satisfied and I'm, I'm a perfect example in a lot of ways i i, I know i'm a microcosm of that but <laughs> i am the human race 
<laughs> no, no, I'm saying I'm someone who's never satisfied. It's just it's not in me to ever want to stop most of the time. At any rate, um, America is in my mind, um, you know, it never has been, you know, what it's been billed to be. It's never been the perfect country. It's never been absolutely amazing. There's there have always been issues, and and there will always, in my mind, continue to be issues. I'm not going to look back in the '90s and say, oh yeah, when I was growing up, it was all perfect. It's like no, I just had no idea what was going on. I was a kid. I happened to be from a a family that could support me perfectly, and you know. I, I had a very normal, positive, good life. Now, was I still bullied in school or did I have issues with, with friends or, you know, all the things that go along? Yes, but that's, that's life. Life that is, is not, life. life is not going to be perfect. Now I, I support an idealistic approach. Life is not fair, but we should still attempt to do everything we can within reason to, to make it fair, to provide opportunity. Um, uh, circling back, sorry, I keep going off on these tangents. If I may, I just think America in. is just as just as great as it's always been. Ooh, if I may, just in. just in, streets are paved with gold is a lie that was told to people to come over and migrate over to New York to influ- to increase the popul- the population of America in general. And so immigrant families uh, would come over and then soon discover that the streets in New York were indeed not paved with gold. Uh, so it's basically kind of like a, a lie slash a... Uh, a media kind of thing saying, Hey, come on over to us. Streets are paved with gold. There's so much money here. And so if I may, people, can hey, 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 if I may, if I may, so it's I, actually I a New York city for this. I knew it wasn't, I knew it wasn't about going out West for the gold rush. I knew that the streets of gold was related to the East coast and moving to the New York area. Uh, no points because I didn't claim it beforehand, but uh, I will state that I did know that before. And if I may, you know what those roads were covered with? Poop. Cobble and poop. 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 I mean, if you think about it, they used horses back then. What do the horses do? They they drive them along. They poop. Like that's that's what <laughs> the streets of gold. You come there, and you're like, this is gonna be amazing. It's gonna be all shiny and stuff. But nope. It's just like, oh yeah, there's a lot of like horse poop all over the place. Reality. Um, I think that is, is a dirty place. That would get me too. And probably back then you didn't think about it, but like, how crappy would gold be as a street? It's too like soft. It's such a metal. weak, soft metal. Yeah, you you would get stuck all the time. It'd have to be more of a It would plane. crack and maybe. But like I wouldn't want to drive over that. I would drive over and it'd it. Probably it'd probably get be awesome. Up. I mean, obviously the yeah, like, until car it, like, tires cracks would, underneath yeah. your car and you're like it wouldn't crack. It would slowly be malleable. It's like you'd get a lot of potholes because it's not tough. Well, you know, it's not I taking guess, compression yeah. strength like a like a an asphalt or a concrete. Yeah, I guess yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't. It's it's not all that it's cracked up to be. A street of gold is kind of disappointing. I guess that's my point. Is gold isn't really typically that brittle. It's more malleable, so it wouldn't crack. Yeah. Well, okay. So that's fair, if I can, <laughs> disappointing. If I can segue. Away, if I can segue out of the uh, original point here, which is is America great? Unless you guys want to have any final notes on that. So I say my. I mean, the one thing. Yeah, go ahead, Kyle. Okay, I would say my, my final note would be that the, the, I think the reason that that uh, saying came in is because America was definitely became, especially after World War II, the head of the world as far as uh, media, uh, just influence in general. Like if you go to any country, and I know I, uh, our, some of our good friends always have a foreign exchange student, and they're constantly like listening to all the American songs, like a lot of media is driven from America to the world. It's kind of like the central hub 
of trends, fashion. Uh, I know some of them back in the day, that stuff all came out of like Paris, England, like the royalty lines. But since World War II, especially after the baby boom and America basically came out ahead on World War II because we weren't really damaged at all. We literally just made money off of war. Uh, so uh, the America came out pretty well financially and there was uh, a lot of activity going around. So I think that's where the saying of be America being the greatest country on earth is it did. And so I is would, America would, still great? I would still, I would say still does have the most influence over the world. Like if America all of a sudden popped out of existence, I think the world would definitely be hurting a lot. And, and I guess my concluding thoughts on this is that like America is not perfect. I don't know if it honestly was ever great or it was just in the right situation at the right time. But I mean, as long as people keep trying to make it better, like it's not a bad place and I think it could keep getting better, but it's going to take some work. Um, and I will say that the 4th of July having that off is great though. That is wonderful. So happy birthday, America. <laughs> All right. With that note, um, the transition I'm going to you know, kind of take us on is uh, along the lines of America being being great and people trying to look at America through rose colored glasses and, and all the different perspectives. There was a uh, an online video that I, I watched earlier and it kind of stuck with me because it made me ask questions, not because it impacted me in the sense that, oh, this is horribly wrong or, or oh, oh, I'm going to change all my beliefs right now. But I actually, you know, kind of took the time to um, ask some questions at least, or think about it and kind of say, okay, does this make sense? And what it was, was simply uh, two, two or three individuals fishing in a, in a city park, I believe, um, in what was what I assume must have been a, a very liberal area. But there were two or three people fishing um, and there were signs telling people this is where you are supposed to fish. And uh, they started getting questioned, I'll, I'll start to say, and it turned very openly into harassment uh, after a, a relatively short period of time. But it started very simply with a, a young boy, a, a plant, of course, for the, the video, um, walking up to uh, one of the, the fishermen and, and asking, you know, why are you doing that? You're hurting the fish. Um, and the boy clearly has no understanding of what's going on. He's doing what he was told to do or, you know, believing what he was taught. And, you know, I certainly looked, had to ask myself, well, I, I'm not a scientist. I don't know how this works, but this is, and I can look back and I was always taught that, you know, fish, fish can't feel. And the boy, you know, says you're hurting them. You're putting holes in their lips. Uh, you're killing them. Um, and of course the fisherman had just caught a, a nice fish. And they had it sitting out on the sidewalk uh, while one of the other fishermen went to go get a bucket to put it in because they, they intended to keep it, which was within the law. They were licensed, everything that goes with it. Um, but, of course, they're showing the fish. They're seeing the boy panicking, saying this fish is dying and, and it's hurting and suffering. And you feel bad because you're looking at the boy and he doesn't understand. And he's he's panicking because he thinks this other animal's hurting. And then you had what I'm assuming was the father or, or at least a leader of the movement basically um, being super snarky in front of the video camera and, and asking these guys, why are you fishing? Why are you doing this? You're hurting the animals. What if I you know, went and grabbed a dog and, and stuck a hook through its jaw and you know, started pulling it around? Or what exactly. if I did that to your that's, son that's the or thing, anything though. like that? Sorry, go ahead. If I may, if I may, that's, that's the thing, though. If you're like, 
putting a dog at completely different animals. And I think coming from more of a scientific background, and of course, I it's, it's been like two years since I had a last class on this, but fish, um, you know, pain is something that's felt at like a neurological level. It's something that you have to have like specific like brain receptors for, um, which is the thing where fish don't feel pain comes from. And that's um, what I was always taught. The fish don't have the right receptors to have that. They, they don't have a, a neocortex. Advanced, the, the advanced um, emotion or as pain. Like, does having a, a, a hook inside them hurt? Or not hurt per se, but like, do they feel what that is and have some sort of like discomfort from it? Most likely, yes. Um, but it's not necessarily pain on the scale of like what we as humans or what a dog might feel. Um, you know, because the that that part of the brain is not developed evolutionary. You know, like it doesn't make sense for fish to feel pain, kind of thing. Oh, and yeah, so, that was that was. Go ahead, sorry. I was like, if I may, I, I just did a quick little Google search here from Science Daily. There was a study done, and uh, basically the summarize here just of it is unlike humans, fish do not possess a neocortex, which is like the main thing that humans have to feel pain. So if they do feel pain, it is not in the same way that humans or mammals in general feel pain. Uh, it looks like bony fish uh, can typically have some uh, nisoceptors and so can feel some sort of pain, uh, but they don't they don't react the same way to injuries and that kind of thing as as humans would. They don't. It's more of like a. Uh, in my guess would be something similar to, I don't know if you guys had your wisdom teeth out and were conscious for it or if they knocked you out. But for me, they, they you know, gave you the, the gas and then injected the uh, numbing sensation. So it's like, I felt them definitely like cutting into my jaw and like pulling out my, my wisdom teeth, but it, it didn't hurt. But like, it was definitely like, a, yeah, uh, they're definitely doing something in my mouth right now. I, I would assume it's similar to that kind of thing where, you're getting pulled around by something. They definitely know that because otherwise they wouldn't fight back. So, or as far as like trying to swim away from wherever they're being pulled. Yep. And of course, uh, in the video, uh, the, the main, uh, what do you want to call it? Antagonist, protagonist, the guy who was confronting the fisherman, if you will, um, was, was stating that, oh, science has proven these, these creatures can feel and have the emotional capacity. And I'm like, I don't know if that's, right i i he might be full of crap on that one but i i, I didn't want to you know i just wanted to continue to listen and hear it out because that's that's kind of what i do and um you know they keep showing the video of the, or they keep showing the fish flopping around the boy panicking and then this guy basically verbally assaulting you know these these fishermen and these fishermen you know are, are to their credit you know not confrontational saying hey there's a sign right there that says this area is for fishing. We have our licenses. Uh, we are within our rights, within the law. And then, of course, the the main attacker, if you will, um, was saying that oh, just because it's within the law doesn't make it right. Slavery was once, you know, part of the law, and blah blah blah. And you know, he goes on this this horrible rant. But I'm sitting here and I'm trying to understand. Well, that's a bait and switch, though. It's nothing to do with fish. Oh, right. But he's he's it's like unfortunately so for you, screaming at my face for multiple for 10 minutes is against the law in harassment. So, yeah, but well, it does have the right to say whatever they want in freedom of speech. Oh yeah. Because no, no, there is like, at a certain point it becomes a stalking thing. Like every single time you're there, he's standing over you and like, 
Oh, right. There's definitely give him something about him screaming at you like for that. multiple for a long period of time, especially if you're not escalating anything. Yeah, but the the whole the whole video was you know a bit impactful, but not not in the way that oh I think fishing's horribly wrong because you know, I I grew up fishing and I I absolutely believe that. But then I was I was having a thought earlier today regarding that video, and I I felt you know I felt bad for the boy, and I thought what would have been a good response from the fisherman to the boy, not that they would have recorded such a thing, was you know a simple conversation saying hey, um, he, here's here's what we know. Uh, the fish, you know, don't feel, and, and we're doing this. Um, but also, I like eating fish. Here's yeah. here's what's here's what's going to happen. Um, I'm going to take the fish that are big enough, and I'm going to eat them with my family. I'm going to feed my family with these fish. Um, now, these people here, the the other you know protesters or group of people who are gathering to you know protest fishing because that's what you do on a Saturday afternoon, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, we're, these people here are, are part of a generation that have grown up and do not know how to feed themselves. They do not know how to farm. They do not know how to fish. They do not know how to hunt. And you're sitting here looking at this, and you're just like. Young man, if I could, if I could, you know, teach you anything, here's how do you feed yourself. Here's how you take care of yourself. I mean, are you? A vegan? I, I spent this you're most. Not, I don't think you understand how you eat. Right. I, I took the most. I mean, my personal note was I took the most recent hunting season, and I took the opportunity uh, at my hunting camp to to gut as many deer as I could and learn how to properly harvest an animal just because I, I thought it was, you know, something incredibly useful. Um, you know, I'm not always going to have the guiding hand of my grandparents or, or uh, uncles to, to oversee, you know, that process. I'd, I'd like to understand it. I'd like to become proficient at it so that I can someday pass that along to, to future, you know, generations. And um, it's, it's amazing how, how few people grow up and they, they don't know how to cook. They don't know if how I, to fend for themselves. Yeah, Nick, I think is, I, is we, do, we definitely hit on that topic a little bit last episode too. So, if I may, though, I I think a relevant Ron Swanson quote because everyone needs that. Um, this just seems to kind of fit what you were saying, Nick. Is uh, he, he gives a quote from Parks and Recreation, so TV show. Give a man a fish and feed him for a day. Don't teach a man to fish and feed yourself. He's a grown man, and fishing's <laughs> not that hard. I like it. I think that's just perfect. You know, it's it's just one of those things where it's just like, yeah. Although there are you know, professional fishermen out there that definitely know what they're doing. They're oh yeah, like it's like how are you really in all this stuff? It's like oh, because the water temperature is this, and the the sun's here, and it's like gee, they they know a lot about fish. I mean, that's the thing fish too, and and the problem with with what Nick was saying with that group is, you know, feeling pain in fish is kind of a really it's a really complex subject i'm sure scientists don't even necessarily agree with everything out there and some people might think they do and they don't and do we actually even understand what pain is that's way beyond what we're probably capable of answering at this particular moment um but man i forgot i was going with that it's just it's one of those things where like if we knew more and we're able to do more research and the more people can educate themselves on these kind of things then we can have a lot less of these more extreme things like fishing is bad. Well, maybe it's maybe hooking them in the thing is is not great for fish. It's not like gonna affect their life and their survival. You know, if you get a hook in their stomach, then you know maybe it does. That to kind be of fair, thing. Also, where... a hook is way better than casting nets out in the ocean. Oh yeah, far, oh yeah, far, you're you know, affecting way less than 
just you know you're getting that one fish you're not affecting potentially a whole bunch of other animals yeah if i may my ending point was simply that uh it's amazing how soft some people are and how future generations are and i'm sure prior generations always think that about the the future generations but you have generations plural now who who don't know how to cook who don't know how to hunt who don't know how to fish who don't know how to feed themselves and and have such an idealistic view that oh no i I don't i don't kill anything i i just go to the supermarket like a normal person and get my meat there like you have no idea how that meat got there you don't know what that is nearly as good for you as a fresh thing right out of the lake with that, uh, I guess if you gentlemen are ready, uh, we can hop into our, our closing segment. I think I think for a closing segment, Kyle, tell us what impresses you with the Minecraft thing. That's that's been I want to know. I want well, no. Okay, so ever since Minecraft came out, it's always amazing to me how many impressive things people can just make from it. I know one of the first videos I saw was like a simple ad, adder where they just like added a couple like in binary they would add two four digit th- strings together. And it would output the thing, and everybody was like, "Oh, mind blown!" But now it's getting just ridiculous because they have all the command blocks and stuff. Like somebody recreated Pokemon Blue or Red in Minecraft, and like you can, and it's all vanilla, like no add-ins or anything. Like it's all through command blocks and whatnot, and you can play a huge version of a Pokemon game, like a Game Boy Color in Minecraft just like pushing the buttons and whatnot and it's ridiculous but like I, and then one of the other like initial videos i saw was a full scale star trek the next generations um spaceship and they started making it and they were describing how like oh we need help like if you guys want to help come to the server and if you're here for a bit and can help contribute then we'll we'll add you to the team kind of thing and i thought that was just amazing but now Nowadays, it's just gotten ridiculous with how many like people are just on Minecraft. They're making full-scale replicas of entire cities. I know I was at the... Uh, or Col- Westeros. Yeah, like the entire thing. And it's like, I, we just came back from Rome, we were in the Colosseum, and I haven't looked for it yet, but I remember like back in the day, I remember looking up the Colosseum in Minecraft, and there's a couple out there. But I'm sure if I look it up now, there's going to be something much more impressive. I've always wanted to make something full-scale in Minecraft, but like the amount of people these days that can make that sort of impressive things to as detailed as possible within Minecraft. It's just ridiculous. Way too much time. I mean, it's like the fishing thing you were saying though, is like there are people that fish and enjoy it. And then there's people that are professionals at it and they put a ton of time and hours and they can tell the temperature. Same thing in Minecraft. There's people like I go and I play Minecraft every once in a while. I enjoy it. But then it's like people that, it's the professionals, it seems like. And there was a thing I saw where somebody spent like two years of not working to make this incredible, insane Minecraft thing. And that's that's what he did as a job, basically, for years, not getting paid. But I, if I'll I look it up. Brent, and try if and you could it. make one thing in Minecraft, what would it be? That, that'll be our closing segment. Oh, goodness. If I could make one thing... I think I would try and, I don't know, recreate like Lambeau Field. I think that'd be really cool. That's a good Ooh, one. That'd be a good one. Nick, you got I was one? thinking more the, uh, if I could create a uh, scene from uh, the Battle of Thermopylae. Oh, that'd be cool. I think, it, I don't know how, I, I'm not experienced enough with Minecraft, but if you could like create the actual characters or 
visualize the the soldiers or, or something like that that'd be kind of cool if you can't do anything with the characters and it's just the terrain it's just the the buildings then i'd probably do a city that's important to me or city i'm aware of i, I wouldn't even know which one but uh, or a water park a water park would be cool That'd be cool. I know I, I saw somebody, they didn't do it to scale, but they recreated like all of like Six Flags Great America, except it was like, they just did the rides. Like they didn't do the full park to scale. It's so like they started a ride and then they kind of, they made all the rides next to each other, but not like laid out like they are in the park. Yeah. Doing, doing like Disneyland would be really, you know, complex. If you well, even I, were I, able to get the detail of the, the, like the roads and paths underneath the park and yeah, everything. You'd have to work there. There's no way. Well, right. You'd have to, but I mean, if you're saying like something that would be crazy to do, like not that I'm capable of it, but it'd be cool. Yeah, right. recreating so, a Disneyland or something would be cool. I guess for me, the, I would probably go something like I've always liked space, so like my initial one was like Saturn V rocket, like recreate that to scale. Otherwise, yeah, I like like Nick's thing is recreate a place. I know uh, Brent and I we used to work at a, a, a scout camp. And I know at one point in time I started trying to recreate that to scale. Like I even went to like Google earth and pulled the terrain data and try to import that into minecraft to like get the terrain correct to start off with and then scale everything off of that with like satellite photos and i just kind of gave up after like two nights of trying it's a lot of work it's, it's a, lot a lot of, lot of work. work it's a lot of work yeah all right well awesome. that was episode seven of if i may i hope you all enjoyed uh, you can find us anywhere you can listen to podcasts um if you're listening you probably found us already so that's a good sign and <laughs> we'll see you next time yeah, catch you guys later.